Burl Bearer. I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. Live from the gleaming, streamlined, state-of-the-art studios of OutlawRadioLive.com, nestled in our secret bunker somewhere in the Los Angeles area, following program is produced with a lackadaisical attitude by Magic Matt Allen, who's a... What, did we just lose somebody there? Uh, yeah, they just... Caitlin Rother. Yeah, she has to call back because she disconnected herself. <laughs> nice. You know what? She was a toddler. She moved to America from Canada. Just waddled her way across the border with a Tommy Tippy cup in one hand and a passport in the other. Not a true story, but it sounds good. If you're a Caitlin Rother fan, and, well, who isn't? I got a list here, but we won't read the names. <laughs> if you go to truecrimewriters.com, you'll find the Caitlin Rother collection. Every interview that I've done with Caitlin Rother in the past 11 years is stacked there like cordwood. So you don't even really have to hear this one. No, you could just skip this show and go back and listen because... Yeah, it'll be the same old crap. Same crap. As a matter of fact, it's the same book. Oh, good. <laughs> hey. Hey, hey. It's always going to be different. There's Actually, a lot has changed, believe it. It's not the same. Did so he kill different people? Pages. Did he kill different people this time? No. <laughs> Oh, I shouldn't laugh. That's not even funny, but no. I no. know, yeah. This is the one about Skyler, right? Is that the one? Exactly, yeah. yes. Former child star, later adult murderer. Uh, right. Give us the uh, give us the full-blown story here, Caitlin, so we know what we're dealing with. I'm going to try putting you on speakerphone because I can barely hear you. Hold on. Okay. She's can putting you me, me on speakerphone, ladies and gentlemen. You can hardly hear me. All right, that's better. I think hopefully I can hear you better. Okay, um, the story, you want the whole story? No, don't give me the whole story because you wrote the damn book and people got to read it. Well, you can skip the part about, you know, living in a log cabin and walking in the snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, in an, I'll try to do a nutshell here. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Skylar DeLeon, and here, let me just preface this. This is a little tricky because when I wrote the book originally... Skylar DeLeon was presenting as a man, but Skylar DeLeon is now legally uh, a woman. Oh, really? Yes, that's one of the. Is he an attractive woman? Actually, kind of, yes. I mean. Better than Caitlyn Jenner? What was that? Uh, No, Caitlyn Jenner has had a lot of money to do a lot of surgery and stuff, so. She's got more Botox than she has uh, hormones. She might have a run for her money on that one. I don't know. So Skylar had a a snip and dip or something, huh? Skylar has been taking hormones, so she has, um, you know, no more no more beard, no more shaving. Uh, She has breasts, small breasts. She's got a ponytail. She wears makeup. I actually sat in uh, a visiting cage with her at San Quentin um, a few years ago for two and a half hours. Did we talk about that? Yes. Last time? No, we didn't, but you should talk about it now. (laughs) Okay. Um, Basically, I went to go... um, I was doing a magazine article um, on the um, very controversial development that California um, was basically now taking applications from transgender inmates who wanted uh, sexual confirmation surgery, which is what they call it now, um, 
and Skyler, you know, obviously that was the motive for her for her killing the Hawks, Tom and Jackie Hawks, in the first place. Really? Um, back in 2004. Yes, that was um, that was not actually really highlighted in the mainstream media because the prosecutor didn't really make a big deal out of it in court. Mm -hmm. But um, that's. You know, it's all explained and shown in my book, and and it has it borne fruit, as it were, um, in the recent development because she's now clearly um, presenting as a woman, and so it's kind of tricky with this story when I go back and forth in time because, like I said, during the time when Skyler, you know, schemed with his wife, her wife, to kill the hawk, Skyler was. A he, <laughs> you know. So if I slip, that's why. This reminds um, this reminds me of a story. This reminds me. Yeah. Of the, so basically, Skyler and Jennifer DeLeon wanted money, and Skyler wanted sex change operation. Didn't have enough money to pay for it. Had put a deposit down. Um, for two weeks after these people were murdered, he was supposed to go get this operation. Um. And the detectives found found us out and went and talked with the doctor and everything. So that's actually how I found out was from the police detective. So it's not something that and and he and the prosecutor, I guess, you know, just the prosecutor decided it would maybe would be too complicated for a jury uh -huh. to have that as part of the whole argument that they'll just leave it at greed because they had a hundred thousand dollars in debt. But anyway, um, so they basically got these the Hawks, Tom and Jackie Hawks, who are a really nice couple, to trust them by bringing down their little 10-month-old baby in the stroller, and Jennifer was pregnant, and said, hey, we want to buy your boat. So Skyler comes back with two guys um, uh, like a week or so later, and they separate Tom and Jackie above and below deck, tie them up, blindfold them, gag them, make them sign power of attorney documents. Oh, wonderful. And then say, oh, we'll save your, we'll, we'll let you live if, if you sign these documents. And then took them up on deck and said, oh, well, we're just going to transfer you to another boat. But instead, they tied them to the anchor, threw the anchor overboard, and let the weight of the anchor pull them down to the bottom of the ocean oh. alive at oh. 3,500 feet. So it was like the most horrible, horrible way to die. Yes. Yeah, I would not recommend that on my list, in my bucket list of things to do before Right, exactly. That's really horrible. Did they plan that from the beginning? Did they plan on, on killing him? Yes, absolutely. That was the whole deal. And and Skyler got these two men to help him by saying these were bad people, they were drug traffickers, um, and, and they have a, you know, a yacht, therefore they must be rich. So, you know, he promised these accomplices of his... Um, you know, million dollars oh. or so, you know, whatever they could get from the bank. But Tom and Jackie Hawks were not millionaires. They were just very kind of modest living retirees. Jackie, um, I don't even think she had been working, but when she did work, she worked, you know, as, as a cashier with the Vons, I think. And Tom was a retired probation officer and, you know, they saved up some money and they got the boat and were living the dream. They were coming back to Arizona, selling the boat to spend time with their brand new grandbaby. Oh, man. Yeah, so it's The grandbaby was pregnant? No, the grandbaby was not pregnant this time, no. Yeah. They had two sons. Tom had two sons from a previous marriage and one of them had just had a baby, so. Oh, that's a tragic story all the way around. 
know what this reminds me? I don't know if you're familiar with uh, now, now my fact checker, Mark C.G. Boyer, is going to slap me because I'm going to mention one of my own books. I can barely hear you. <clears throat> yes. My fact checker, Mark Boyer, is going to slap me because I'm going to mention one of my own books, and he keeps track of how long oh, in each show it yes, takes uh, before I... The over-under is six and a half minutes. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the Spokane serial killer, Robert Lee Yates, they had a poster of all of his supposed victims, and then they realized that the first five weren't by him, but by what they call the Riverside Killer. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, they discovered with the new DNA stuff that they can do now, that oh, wow. they, they had the Riverside Killer in custody already <laughs> Oh. Uh, on a firearms violation, but he was now a she. Following, oh. following the murders, uh, the wow. perpetrator uh, left town, had a complete uh, gender change. alteration, and then returned as somebody else. Wow. Of course, the defense says, I didn't do it. He did. Oh, no. Yes. Are you serious? Yes, I'm very serious. Oh, my God. I mean, you're never serious. I don't know if I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am well, a true you know, crime that's writer. interesting because here, I want to ask you a question. This is the question that I've been asking myself and just kind of asking rhetorically because I don't really know the answer. But, you know, I've covered this case now longer than any other case in my entire journalism right. and author career. It's been, I've been an author or published author since 2005 was my first book that came out, Poison Love. And then I was a daily investigative news reporter for almost 20 years before that. And this case, I have been following longer than any other story of my entire career. So it's changed in my mind because Skyler has also changed. I mean, like I said, during the trial, Skyler looks like a man, right? I mean, she was already sort of starting to, do, you know, trying to wear makeup and more hair gel and looking more thin and more effeminate, but wasn't, I guess, wasn't really allowed to take hormones at the county jail. So once she got to San Quentin, they, you know, she was going back and forth to Vacaville, uh, the mental health facility here in California for, um, you know, state prisoners and um, I don't know who else, I guess it's just state prisoners. But anyway, um, then they opened a psych unit at San Quentin in 2014, and it's interesting because there's another, I think maybe one or two other inmates on death row that I've written books about who mm. were also in the psych unit, and I just, I kind of wondered, you know, when you have somebody whose motive is to kill people to get money for a sex change operation, gender reassignment, gender confirmation surgery. They keep changing the terms all the time, right, so it's hard to yeah. keep up. But, I mean, the reasons that California instituted this whole um, application process was because the fed there were federal um, rulings by a judge by other inmates that um, mutilated themselves, cut off their, tried to cut off their own penis, and also tried to kill themselves in prison um, who had severe gender dysphoria. And that is right. the actual diagnosis for somebody who's transgender and feels differently on the inside than their body looks on the outside. Right. And so apparently this is so distressing for these people that they you know, mutilate themselves and try to kill themselves. And so the, the judge rules that under the Eighth Amendment of our uh, Constitution, the, the state is required to provide, quote, adequate, unquote, 
medical care to inmates, and because this is a severe um, mental health issue, it is also a medical issue, and therefore they are required to give these people this surgery. So the state said, well, we don't want the courts telling us which ones are going to get the surgery. We are going to have an application process, and we are going to be the ones to decide. Now, what are their qualifications for deciding? Well, there's a whole list of criteria, and that's interesting that you asked because one of them is that they have to be mentally competent enough to make a medical decision. Now, here's what's interesting. I went to go visit Skyler, and I talked to Skyler for two and a half hours in this locked cage at St. Quentin. We got, I, I was waiting for her in this cage. They, let, they said, go sit over there in this cage and wait for her. So I did, and then they brought her in. And then they locked us in together, and then she put her wrist through the door, and they unlocked her cuff. So I'm sitting in there with this person who's killed three people, and I've got a pen, and I've also got a like a spork, you know, a combination of yeah, uh, yeah, sporks. Yeah, those are brilliant inventions. And I'm, yeah. and I'm picturing the whole time, is, is she going to, like, grab this you. and stick it's... it into my neck or what, you know? Well, anyway, my, my, my point is, um, I get home. And she was seemed more lucid, more rational, and happier and healthier than I had ever seen her. And I'd met with her four times, um, 2009, in the county jail in, in Santa Ana. And um, all she wanted to do was talk about cutting her penis off so the whole time that we were there. So, Did anyway. Did you volunteer to you know, help? Yeah. So, basically, I get a letter from her, her attorney when I get home basically saying Skylar is mentally incompetent to consent to give an interview, therefore you can't use anything from the interview. And I'm like, well, that's kind of crazy because she was more rational and lucid and happy than I'd ever seen her, but basically that's the deal. So here's here's the rub. Is she mentally incompetent? Therefore, she is not qualified to get the surgery. Of course not. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So they need to make up their minds. Is she competent or is she not competent? The other, There's another criteria that also applies in this case, and that is... Um, they look at the, the nature of the crime. Well, if the motive of the murder was to get money to pay for, for gender reassignment surgery, should they give that to this person? Have taxpayers subsidized surgery? Do you know what I mean? I mean, that seems... <laughs> yeah, very... That's a, well, the, you know, there's an interesting article by Robin Sachs uh, uh-huh. uh, on uh, com. Uh-huh. Uh, about the difference between uh, criminal court, family court, and juvenile or whatever it is, right? And how yeah. quite often this exact situation comes up. The ruling of one court, it will be an overlap into what affects the rulings of the other court, and quite often they don't agree. Right. And then right. what do you do? And you're, you're saying right. that two different rulings... By two different right. kinds of bodies about your right. body. And this raises the same question. Well, if and I don't understand the reasoning that you can't use the material because uh, the person you interviewed is nuts. We interview nutty people all the time in our profession. <laughs> right? Well, and that was the thing that the, you know, the attorney's just saying whatever they can say. And, and, and so what we did was I used... I pretty much used the same information. Nobody can take my observations away from me, so I was allowed to to write about my observations, and I pretty much was able to get a lot of the same information from other people. So I was still, you know, the the magazine was ready to pull the whole article. I'm like, no, 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 I worked too hard to get this far. 
I'll just rewrite it. I would have just said at the beginning, their attorney says she's nuts, and therefore uh, we can't uh, use the material, but that's BS. We'll use the material anyway and just say she's nuts. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I, 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 we didn't want to get sued, but I mean, they can't, they can't take away what I was in, what's in my head and what I saw That's and right. what. We just can't use the dialogue. We couldn't use anything that she said to me. You know that kind of stuff. So I, I saw there were vertical cuts on her arms where she tried to kill herself. Not, not where the, you know horizontal means you're you're messing yeah, around. You're serious, Vertical yeah, you're serious. means you're serious and you're trying to kill yourself, right? So yeah. anyway, there were big old welts where you know if she used like a plastic cup or something. Oh. That's almost, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh god. Okay, now here's a question for you. I'll ask being as you in that situation. I'll ask your advice on this one. I don't know if you're familiar with the William Webb murder uh, here in uh, Marina Del Rey, Venice area. No. Uh, he was a uh, it was a real estate motive murder. Uh, he was selling the house. Uh, his wife, ex-wife, and uh, stepdaughter didn't want him to sell the house. Judge ruled he could. Uh, he gets beaten to death with a hammer. Uh, and uh, arrested was the stepdaughter and these two people that were renting rooms in the house. Uh, very strange uh, story. Uh, she's the, the stepdaughter is held on a $2 million bail and charged with the murder of her stepdad. I have a confidential informant. I have a source that I can't reveal from inside the case uh, who I'm not identifying. But for my article that comes out October 1st, I'm saying what allegedly the real story is of the murder. Who did it, how it happened, etc., and who participated, which is probably, I guess you'd say, is an exclusive. Now, uh, I'm disguising who my confidential informant is because I don't want people to know, right? Because they might figure it out and go kill him or something. Right. So, uh, so I'm doing this like a question and answer, right? So I'm fictionalizing their speech patterns and how they talk. But the uh-huh. information is exactly the same, right? Okay. This is to disguise them. And I say this, you know, I'm not saying it's a him or a her or what, but the way they talk isn't the way they talk, but what they say is real. Okay. Now, is that does that make sense to you as a technique to use? Uh, no. <laughs> well, good. Then tell me, tell me how you would do it. Um, I don't know why you would be identifying the person by the way they talk. That seems. How how would you identify who they were by the way they talk? Uh, women talk differently than men. Men talk differently than women in terms of cadence, expression, qualifiers, and all that sort of thing. I see. And uh, okay, but the problem is, if you have a question, if you have a Q and A, and you're making it sound like it's a conversation, then I'm I'm not sure what's true and what's not that way. That's the problem with that for me, as a. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's why I say all the information you start changing is things, you, you, The reader's not going to be able to to know what's legitimate and what's not. And if it's if you're writing something that's nonfiction, I think. Um, I mean, how many people? I mean, I understand you're trying to say a man and a woman, you know, that people, you think people might know who it is, if it's a woman or if it's a man in this yeah. case. Yeah. Well, then, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know that that's, that seems kind of a iffy thing, though, because nobody's going to know. 
it might be better to just summarize it. You know what I do in some cases? I kind of use my quotes, because those are my quotes, right? Yeah. And make dialogue out of that, and then kind of use snippets or paraphrase so that you can still have a back and forth. Uh-huh. But maybe make it more like a narrative instead of trying to use yeah, actual quotes because they're not actual quotes anyway. Yeah, I think uh, the narrative would probably read better for the audience if they're into it. That's what I mean. Because if you have a Q&A, then people are going to think that it's real, but you're saying it's not real, and then they're going to go, huh? You know? Yeah, well, there was a real Q&A. It's just that uh, the way it was right. done it w- it would not be readable. <laughs> so you don't have to That's- refer at all to the yeah. Q&A. Yeah. Just yeah, take I, the information just, and construct a logical yeah, exactly. sequence of events. Oh. Right, yeah. Just draw, make it make it into a scene. Use your questions because they're real and you, those are okay to use. Um, and then you know paraphrase or summarize um, the back and forth on their part, and just use little snippets that are not identifiable by gender. That's what I. I mean, that was probably what I how I would handle it. I don't know. Yeah, well, see, because the crux of the biscuit is is that she's charged as uh, murdering her stepdad, and according to my confidential informant, she was in the other room with her hands over her ears so she wouldn't hear what was going on. And then after he was dead, uh, what I think would be a, a situation of survival instinct is suddenly all in with let's hide the body, let's get rid of the body, let's take the body out to Joshua Tree and burn it. And then I'll take his credit card and buy us all groceries. Which, you know, I mean, I'm thinking if I was in her situation, I might do that too, just to make sure they don't kill me for being a rat, a potential rat. You know. Okay. So that's the story there. Thank you. Now, back to Skyler. So uh, that is a real problem. Uh, You go, okay, who has the jurisdiction over whether or not uh, she gets the surgery. I, you know, I don't know the specifics of the, you know, the the internal workings of the prison system, but there is an um, there is an external agency um, that was created because California has a history of not treating their inmates properly um, from a mental health standpoint. So there's a federal um, kind of monitoring agency that comes in and handles. The mental health care because there were previous lawsuits against oh. the state hey, many not, years ago. Not alone. Texas is horrible in that regard as well. People yeah, die so of I illnesses actually, in prison they wouldn't die of if they weren't in prison. Yeah, so I basically, when I was still a newspaper reporter, I was covering those lawsuits and the treatment of inmates because, you know, since we no longer have state hospitals and we don't have institutions for people who are mentally ill because supposedly it's inhumane, we have everybody in prison now instead, which, well, you know, is probably sense, yeah. more inhumane, you know what I mean? So they're trying to they're trying to handle the same population in the prison population where people think everyone should be punished. Well, you you know, when you're mentally ill you're not an evil person, you're mentally ill. I think we've talked about this before. Um, but the thing is, that's and that's kind of where I was going with my earlier question. When somebody is so distressed and mentally disordered that they kill people and mutilate themselves and try to kill themselves, I mean, is it the gender dysphoria that is causing that? do you think? I mean, or is it something else? I would not say that gender dysphoria causes murder. 
I think you got a whole no, other I mean, issue. But, but I there. mean the distress. The, distress, yeah. Is that contribute to it? I don't mean is it the only cause, but do you think that contributes? Because you're telling me about somebody who's killed other people. I would do the same thing. The, the person who started this whole lawsuit thing in Massachusetts, um, I think it was uh, Michelle Koslick, is her name now, she killed somebody. The other person who had the um, federal ruling for the surgery here in California also killed somebody. So everybody who is involved in this whole legal um, scenario here about getting the surgery paid for by taxpayers because it's a medical, quote-unquote, severe condition, um, they've all killed people. So I'm just kind of wondering... Yeah, but you, you don't deny people health care or mental health care because, because they murdered somebody. You know? No, I understand, <laughs> but my question was more about this, this condition. Is it the distress? Is that causing them... Is it so bad they're so confused and so messed up that they're hurting themselves and hurting other people? That's what that's, I'm kind of asking. Well, that's right. Probably on, a very, on an individual basis, you'd have to analyze that or have a professional do that. Right. But I've always been of the theory that people who kill people aren't playing with a well-ordered deck to begin with. Well, there you go. I mean, that's true. I, I, I agree with that. And And the thing is... You know, there's in the courtroom. It's very black and white, and every killer is evil. And and I'm saying that it's not always that clear cut and that simple. Sometimes there's mental health issues involved as well. Yeah, I was uh, mentioning to Matt Allen, our brilliant producer, who's just slaving away even as we speak. <laughs> I listened to one of our old shows with Vito Colucci, if I know Vito, and uh, the bizarre Spencer Tandy, and they were talking about this case in Connecticut where. It was just horrible. I mean, these people were murdered and set on fire, and these kids were killed. It was just disgusting. And Matt was saying, kill those people. You know, if there's anybody who deserves to be killed, capital punishment, it would be them. And, of course, right. the problem is, what if they arrest the wrong people? Well, right. That's <laughs> Which, true, too. Isn't there, isn't there a big uh, scandal there at Orange County Prosecutor's Office? Um, yeah, they're actually, this is related to the informant, the snitch scandal, is that what you're referring to? Yeah. I'm not familiar with that. Okay, basically, here's what happened. Over the years, the sheriff's department, you know, they're the ones who have the uh, bailiff, the guards, the correctional officers who work in the county jail, they were using um, inmates as informants who were basically getting information um, from these other other inmates about their cases and giving them giving the information to the um, sheriff's department and to the prosecutor's office, the DA's office. That's not right. And they were keeping this information and the fact that they were doing this from the defense attorneys. So it was uh, number one. You know, unconstitutional. Number two, unfair advantage, and you know, it—it's it, like it's just—it's just—it it was a huge issue. So the oh, yeah. DA actually lost the election. Um, the public defender's office is the one that exposed all this in Orange County. It's been a big scandal. The um, attorney general's office was investigating for several years, um, which nothing ever came of it. Kamala Harris, as a matter of fact, the presidential candidate, was the attorney general um, 
at the time I think that this originally started, she didn't really, she's like, I'm gonna let the local authorities handle this, so she didn't really get involved. Um, and then there was also, a, there's still a federal probe that's still ongoing, I believe, by the, I think by the Department of Justice, so. No, yeah, was sitting, a, here, sitting here at the show for the last six years, um, my view is a tad skewed. But I hear case after case of uh, prosecu- prosecutorial misconduct. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure it is significantly less as a percentage than what we hear uh, the, on this show. I don't know. But every it, it, prosecutor really we've ever to... had on this show, Mark, every prosecutor we've ever had, I've asked them, have you been pressured to prosecute someone that you didn't believe was guilty? And they all said yes. Oh, really? Yeah. They all admitted, yes, wow. they've been pressured to prosecute people they didn't believe really deserved prosecution. Wow. That's 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 100% of every prosecutor we've ever had on wow. the show in 11 years. including Including uh, the one from New York who quit her job over that. Same that thing. is really disturbing. Well, there is a, uh, a study, I think, that came out a couple of years ago on prosecutorial misconduct by state. California yeah. didn't come out looking too good. Really? Whatsoever. Got a, one, Did they do it by county or just state? I believe it's by state. Now, the, a future book uh, that I hope to do when I get this current trilogy done is about a case here where, listen to this, people from the Russian mob facing extensive prison time get deputized make any sense, get deputized as agents and uh, frame a mentally retarded guy for murder because if they can turn in a murderer, they get more time off their sentence. No. I mean, that's really going to the extreme. And yeah. uh, I think I've, I've got one of the participating attorneys is going to finally uh, so we say, come out of the shadows and say, yeah, this is what was going on. Because I got a wow. Uh, you know, being a true crime investigative reporter, as you well know, you find out stuff you don't want to know. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. And then what do I do with it? You know, like, yeah. so, for example, in this case, um, Matt Murphy, who was the prosecutor, he used um, an informant from the jail, and they put Skyler into a cell that was wired, and, re- and they recorded their conversation, Okay. So that actually came up some years later when this other scandal broke. Um, Matt Murphy got pulled into it retroactively, you know, many years after the whole trial, saying, this guy, you used this guy. And, you know, he claimed that uh, later on there was just some back and forth that, you know, kind of looked a little funky. Um, I guess Matt Murphy was eventually cleared by one of the judges, and he's now left the office and... But anyway, I, you know, tried to see if I could get the DA's office to comment on that, and nobody would say anything, and nobody ever gave me any statement, and they just kind of wanted to sweep, they just want to sweep the whole thing away. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to, you know, they just say, we didn't do anything wrong. Well, they clearly, you know, the sheriff's, they're blaming stuff on the sheriff's department, correctional officers, like, like it really wasn't widespread thing with the DA's office. But, you know, I think something like seven cases have been affected. 
yeah, we murder had, cases uh, and convictions because of this. You know, so clearly it does matter, and it did happen. Now and listen, it's just not clear who is complicit with who, you know, and, and to what extent. Okay, this guy's arrested, and he says, I want to speak to my attorney. I want an attorney. So they tell him, your counselor's here. And so he goes to talk to what he believes is his public defender. It's right. not. It's a cop pretending to be. No. Yes. Where's that? That was in Tacoma, Washington. Wow. Now, that's what I call, why did they even think of doing that? I mean, certainly they must have known that was crazy and illegal and stupid. But they did it anyway. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 there's a lot of bad stuff going on in, in this country right now. And there's a lot of people who are in public office and holding government positions that are doing things that are illegal. And I'm not going to get political about it, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a never-ending never problem. Another, in the, in the Tacoma situation, the defense attorney was so mad at the prosecutor for prosecutorial misconduct he ran against him in the election and won. And then he has to, his office has to oppose the appeal of his own client. <laughs> Follow that? Yeah, not really, but oh. I'm, having, I'm still having a hard time hearing you. So. Okay, the defense attorney becomes the prosecutor. All right? Uh-huh. Because he wins the election. So now wow. he's the prosecutor instead of the defense attorney. And what had been his client is now up on appeal, and he has to fight the appeal of his own client. Wow. <laughs> There's got to be conflict of interest. Oh, yeah, he had one of the other attorneys in the office handle it. Right. But uh, that's wow. where there were so many mistrials. The judge was so mad at the prosecutor for prosecutorial misconduct, he stands up in the middle of the trial and goes, this trial is giving me excedrin headache number 847, and storms oh. out. <laughs> Well, so Skylar DeLeon mm. and the Hawks. How about that? What's that? That's what we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's 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 start with the Eighth Amendment. The what? Let's eighth start Amendment. With the Eighth Amendment. The Eighth Amendment. Okay. What is it? It's cruel and un unusual punishment. Some people pay for that. Yes, but it has you know, nothing to do with You know, I don't have the, the exact amendment in front of me, but that is the one that applies to this. It requires that you get adequate medical care. And this, and, and in here lies the rub, is, is I think the, the word the adequate subjective. I think the punishment one, right? Yeah, isn't the word, isn't the, the concept of adequate more of a subjective call? Yeah, who defines uh, adequate? Yeah, well, that's what the whole point is, that adequate means you've got to treat them properly um and if you you know the obama administration actually got involved in this whole issue and said that you need to treat gender dysphoria as a medical condition the same way you would any other kind of um medical condition and therefore you have to treat it and if that means surgery or hormones that you have to provide that so for, uh from uh, from your subjective opinion is from what? From your your perspective on the issue uh -huh. in general, is sex reassignment uh, something that should be considered? Is 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 the hormone treatment adequate, or is sex reassignment a requirement? 
I'm sorry. I'm still not. Under, I'm not hearing you. He wants a medical determination from you. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm telling you what the court says. Uh, it doesn't matter what I think. The court says they need to provide it. That's the deal. So, you know what country okay. provides uh, federal funding for uh, all that surgery stuff? More than any country in, in the world? In Europe? Is that what you said? No, Iran. Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> no, no, it's true. Uh, it, what? The, in Iran, uh, if you are homosexual... Oh, you're killed, aren't you? No, yes, but if they say, would you like gender reassignment surgery, we'll pay for that. In other words, if the reason you're having, say you're a guy and you're having sex with guys is because you want to be a woman, we'll make you a woman. That's okay, because that's a medical condition. We'll fix that. In Iran? Yeah. They do not. Yes, really? they do. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm shocked to hear that, actually. Most people are shocked to hear it, but it's the absolute truth. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, it's been that way for a long time. If you want to have gender reassignment surgery, government pays for it. Therefore, you're not doing anything weird anymore. But, uh, but isn't it also true that over there they say that women are for making babies and having sex with men is what you do for love? Isn't that? I know that's a song lyric. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard that, though. I thought that was true. I didn't know it was a song lyric, but I thought that was actually an accepted... Um, that that's the know, role, I mean, role of women? Yeah, I mean, in that, in that culture, isn't it? Is that not well, true, or is that just a uh, They have more women in universities, in higher education, in Iran, uh, percentage-wise, than in the United States. Wow. Yeah, a lot of well, people so have misconceptions is, so is about Iran. more progressive than the other Middle Eastern countries? I don't really know anything about that. Well, we got to figure, that. quite often we, we think of Saudi Arabia the way, and the way like the women don't drive and blah, blah, blah. We think of that as kind of like being what it's all like. But only 17% of uh, Muslims in the world live in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> it's like a real minority situation there. Uh, in fact, huh. people are often don't stop to realize that the Muslim-majority countries have had more female presidents and prime ministers than the U.S., Canada, wow. and England combined. Well, I am, I, am, I am admitting ignorance to most things about the Middle East because I have tried to understand what's going on in the Middle East. Oh, you don't want to understand it. <laughs> it's impossible to get any kind of unbiased factual information about the Middle East because everybody who talks about it has a position and in, in in a an political agenda. position. Right. Was, yeah. was position we had on the show uh, back in the, that is. maybe you can find it in the archives the book was called Spy of David and uh, we had a guy on uh, who wrote the book and he was one of the very first people arrested in the what turned out to be the Iran-Contra scandal. Yeah. Uh -huh. I remember. Okay, I remember. And he's uh, actually an American guy I went over and worked for uh, Mossad, and he said, the last people you ever want involved in the Middle East situation is politicians. He right. says, when politicians get involved, people die. He says, the only people who know how to do this is like juggling hand grenades are the people who are, you've got your spies, and then you've got, what are, you, what are the people who aren't spies, but they're fighting the spies? <laughs> they know what's going on. They know the game, Right. And people you're working with may actually be working for the other people, and you got people working on their side. It's very yeah, complex. Yeah, so I, I had to try to write a story. I remember when I was still working at the newspaper, I had to try to write some kind of local story that involved some kind of Middle Eastern um, 
development and it was like what, how it was affecting people in San Diego and I just was like I was under all this stress trying to figure out what was true and what wasn't true because you have to have context to understand what's going on and you have to put in a couple paragraphs about here's the history that led to this and you know it was almost impossible to do honestly and especially on deadline it was so hard I just was like this is crazy what who what, how do I know what really happened? How do I know what's Everything real here? That was the great thing about the movie Argo, the first seven minutes of that film, is they gave you the backstory on Iran and how it went from being uh, like they had kings and queens or whatever, that they wanted to yeah. be a democracy, and so they became a democracy, and they had elections, and they elected a president who was this nice moderate guy, and he nationalized the oil industry, which meant America and England couldn't rip them off for a whole bunch of money on their oil fields. So England and the United States financed a coup to overthrow him. Yes. <laughs> and put in the fake Shah. And a lot of this, so that's one reason why people say, can we trust the Iranians? Well, can they trust us is the big issue because they got totally screwed. Uh, and at least in that film, before it was about the hostage crisis, explained why they were so pissed at us. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> and why well, anyway, you don't get that backstory? So back to Slyler DeLeon. <laughs> we keep ending up. Like, yeah, he's still sitting around with slashing <laughs> his wrists, uh, but at least he's got a ponytail. Right. So, Skylar Dillon is 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 no longer uh, talking to me because of her attorney's advice. I I think she's trying to get some of this taxpayer uh, subsidized surgery now that she's in prison, and she just recently became a woman um, legally in court and changed her gender and her name, mostly just her middle name. Now it's called. She is now Skylar. Preciosa, what which is means it? gem in Spanish. Oh, okay. Uh, Leon, which was not the name she was born with. She was born John Julius Jacobson. Yeah, I remember that. But Skyler sounds so better. So how, lo- how far along is the is her, uh, is her is paperwork process? How far I, along? I, you know, that's completely private, and I can't find out anything about it. So mm. Ah. All I have are statistics, um, which I don't have right in front of me, but there's, um, since the ruling in court, um, it prompted the state to institute this new application system. I think they've had something like maybe 10 inmates who've been approved for the surgery out of maybe, I I might be wrong, so don't quote me on this, but something like 160 or something that applied. I can't remember exactly. Now, if if she is in prison, is she isolated? I mean, in Washington State Penitentiary, you got some guys who are girls, and they're doing, you know, a bang-up business, you know, banging the inmates. Here's what's what's going on in California right now. They actually have people who are in a committee who are trying to figure out where to house these inmates because they get sexually assaulted if they're in the same gender right, prison. Right, right. Harassed and sexually assaulted. But the if they but the women, the female inmates don't want the transgender females either because they're concerned they're gonna be more um violent, I think. I, I don't you know, they don't want them either, so it's hard to put... It's the exact same situation in the Las Vegas uh, County Jail. Uh, for a while, I had a transgendered roommate, ex-Marine, <laughs> a 
muscular woman. Uh, right. And, yeah. Uh, she'd get uh, arrested uh, every other month or so. And uh, I would call the jail and, and ask under uh, his male name, ask under the female name. No, not here. No, not here. Three days later, she'd come stumbling home and say, yeah, I was in jail. But they isolate them. They won't put them in either one. It's like being in solitary confinement. They won't put him, wouldn't put him with the women because he has a pee-pee. And he wouldn't put him, right. wouldn't put him with the well, guys well, because I'm, he was feminine. I'm, I'm thinking that Sky. Well, Skyler has always wanted to go be to the women's prison. She told me that back when I talked to her when she was still at the jail in, in Santa Ana. That that was her goal. So she, she wanted to be around the women. She like you know she just thought that would be a better place to be. She didn't want to be around all, all these men. So um, that's what her goal was. So I'm thinking that even if she can't get the surgery, they are actually now assigning people to uh, prisons based on their gender and not on their genitalia. Because up until recently. If you still had a penis, even if you were transgender, you had to be in a men's prison, and they're now changing that. So she may end up getting moved, and she may not get the surgery, but she may end up getting moved to a women's prison. So that's interesting, too. Yeah, that could have caused some interesting problems as well. Well, exactly, because, you know, the thing is, there aren't very many prisons for women in California. She could end up in the same prison as her ex-wife, who Skyler. Um, this is really getting complicated, isn't it? Tell me about it. I oh, mean, man. imagine how that would go, right? I mean, she basically said, you know, Skylar's a monster. Skylar, you know, I didn't know anything about this before. I mean, that's, she's still claiming that and still got an attorney filing stuff in courts. I don't know if there's any chance of that it'll do anything, but he's still claiming that. So I'd be curious to know what's going to happen if Skyler gets moved to that same prison. Ooh. It does get complicated. Totally complicated. Well, you know, there's, what is it, I don't know how many millions of uh, children a year are misidentified at birth as to what gender they are. A very good friend of mine was identified as male, raised as a boy, and then at about 12 or 13 started growing breasts and menstruating. Wow. And the doctor said to him, uh, do you want to stay a boy? Which is all he knew. Uh, right. Because if you say no, uh, you're going to turn into a woman. Wow. And this is a decision he had to make at like 12 or 13. Ridiculous. And what did, what did he or she, well, she's a she, right? Yeah, she's a she, but he's been raised as a he, and so he said, I want to stay a boy. Really? Well, it didn't want to be. A, never wanted to be a girl. Never occurred to him. He was playing on a football team, all American male. Wow. And all of a sudden, he's got lactating breasts and uh, all that stuff. And well, so, well, did they do a chromosomal test on him? Because I'm wondering if he was an XYX, XXY. Well, whatever he was, they gave him a whole bunch of testosterone shots and a little bit of surgery, and he's been a state of guy. Really? That's yeah. interesting. Because I would, I would think that if you're developing breasts and you're menstruating, that maybe you would feel that you were really a woman. But did he have a penis, too? Yeah, well, they gave him one. Oh, but he was so he not didn't a have a penis? Huh? No, it wasn't a hermaphrodite. No, they, they basically did surgery to uh, give him one. So he didn't have a penis? No, he had a very large whatever down there instead. So... 
Well, no, because, I mean, because, you know, the... This is just technical, physical anatomy, but, yeah. you know, there are people who are, you know, there. I think that the clitoris is actually really similar. Maybe it's the right. same area. And it's, I've, I've taken that test where they show you the picture of the baby's genitalia, and you're supposed to guess if it's male or female, and then you figure out how, yeah. whether you were right or wrong. Well, yeah, a certain number of million, I don't matter how many million it is a year here in the United States that are misidentified. It's not until they start to go through puberty. But then you have, like the, the woman I met, uh, guy I met, whatever, both, that uh, was male on the outside, female on the inside. Right. So she had a huge... Interesting. He, oh, on the inside. Oh, wow. God, that's crazy. I don't know what you do. I mean, well, how... Well, she must started be menstruating. Difficult. It was all It was horribly painful, and it was all on the inside. Oh, And so what happened? The uh, menstruated on the inside, at, like endometriosis, or... Yeah, it was, and then so they could go to the, the hospital and whatever. They go, oh, you're two, 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 two in one. Um, two people in one. Oh, yeah. Well, that's awful. Yeah, uh-huh. it causes a bit of, uh, like, well, what am I going to... Where today? See, and that's kind of where I was going with that question. What? How do you? How do you deal with all that confusion? Well, these people lash out and hurt themselves. That's that's what I was saying before. And this some gender lash out so much distress that they mutilate themselves and they kill other people. Not everyone, but yeah. some of them. Well, I'm not going to mutilate myself, and I have enough dysphoria just being on Outlaw Radio. Thank you, Caitlin. What's the name Thank of the you. book? Just re-release right now. Dead Reckoning. Dead Reckoning. Dead Reckoning. It's a he, she, it murder mystery. <laughs> Thank you, Thank Caitlin. You Brilliant as always. Hey. Hey, uh, Pearl. Yes. What's next? Magic Man Allen, the deepest of decadence, live at AllRadioLive.com. Wow, 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 wow. I'm about to get sick from watching my TV. I've been checking out the news until my eyeballs fail to see. I mean to say that every day is just another rotten mess. Oh no. And when it's gonna change, my friend, is anybody's guess. So I'm watching and I'm waiting. No way to delay that trouble coming every day. No way to delay that trouble coming every day. Wednesday I watched the riot. I seen the cops out on the street. I watched them throwing rocks and stuff and choking in the heat. I listened to reports about the whiskey passing around. I seen the smoke and fire and the market burning down. Watch while everybody on the street would take a turn to stomp 
and smash and bash and crash and slash and bust and burn. Humor belong in music? I think so. It belongs in everyday life unless uh, the Republic.